Uh, let me tell you about our sponsor. It's Z-Stack. Your health belongs to you. The government pharmaceutical companies. I mean, you know how many people could have been saved if we would have just allowed people to try different things with COVID? Anyway, um, there's something out now called Z-Stack. It is uh, something that is formulated to boost your natural immune system. It's a supplement. It's got all the things in it that you would uh, possibly need. It was developed by Dr. Vladimir Zelenko. Um, it's been scientifically formulated. It's kosher. It's GMP certified, produced here in the United States. Take control of your health. It works good. Uh, it works really well on um, you know, preventing COVID, also helping prevent COVID, also helping prevent the flu. Get your immune system into shape. ZStackLife.com slash Beck. ZStackLife.com slash Beck. Enter the promo code Beck. Get a discount. ZStackLife.com slash Beck. Promo code Beck. one of my favorite historians he is one of my favorite thriller writers he's had 12 previous uh best-selling uh, thrillers number one best-selling thrillers and he is also one of the most interesting people i know brad Meltzer has a new book called the lightning rod he's in studio Buckle up. It is always fun to have Brad Meltzer in studio. He joins us in 60 seconds. Whenever possible, it is nice to pass on lessons that you learned in life to other people so maybe they don't have to go through all the crap that you went through to learn it in the first place. One area where it is specifically true in my life is selling a house. I've done a lot of it. Uh, mainly because I'm in radio and whenever the uh, economy would take a downturn, I'd get fired and then I'd sell my house at the worst possible time. I was just, I, I mean, I, didn't, I don't know how to find a real estate agent. Do you? I'm just like, do you know a real estate agent? Yeah, I know. Bob, uh, he's a cousin of mine. Or, yeah, I know somebody that sold a friend's house. They seem pretty good. And then you just go with them. That's not the way to hire somebody for the biggest investment of your life. If you're buying or selling a home, I started realestateagentsicantrust.com for people just like me and perhaps you. We've already vetted them. We found the people that we feel are the best in your area. They have the best track record and we monitor them all the time. This is a free service to you. Realestateagentsitrust.com. Realestateagentsitrust.com. Author of The Lightning Rod, Brad Meltzer. How are you, sir? 
I'm good. It's so good to be back in person. Yeah. So you are uh, you're one of my favorite people. Um, let's start with uh, let's start with a book, and then I have a surprise for you. Oh, I'm ready for surprise. Okay. okay so so here's the book. Uh, I always start, you know, with my great fears. <laughs> I think that's what you when you write a thriller, you got to start with your fears. Right. And so the opening scene has a character handing his car keys over to a valet at a fancy restaurant. Valet takes the car. Rather than parking the car, he hits the little GPS button on the steering wheel, says the magic words, go home. Now the car plots a route to the man's house. The valet is going to have the car keys. He's got the man's house keys. He's going to break in. This is a robbery. But as he steps into the man's house. Don't give that idea. No, no, I'm telling you. No, this is the key part. (laughs) As he steps into the man's house, the valet sees another man waiting with a gun. This is not a robbery at all. This is a trap. And when his body goes to our hero, Zig, Zig finds something hidden on it that leads to one of the government's most closely guarded secrets. Now, I just ruined chapter one of the Lightning Rod. Oh, yeah, but that's you just chapter sold one. a lot of books. But chapter one <laughs> is, um, you know, th- th- and there's only two chapters in the book right now. <laughs> no, they, uh, no, there's chapter two right, right. But The funny thing was, I was at an event yesterday in, in Florida. My nephew raised his hand. My nephew's like eight years old, and he said, Uncle Brad, what's chapter two? And I was like, oh, I got my nephew now. So that was good. But the lightning rod opens with that. And then obviously the action takes off from there. So what is the closely guarded secret? So let's talk about that. That's the key part. You know, my, listen, I love the plot. I love the murder mystery. I love that you have great characters that everyone loves and we get to bring back. But the fun of this is always the research. I've taken readers, as you know, I've been on your show talking about the secret tunnels below the White House. We've done the hidden labyrinth below the Capitol. This was the one I got for this one. I spoke to the government. There's a couple of them actually. And the U.S. government has, I did not know this, almost a dozen uh, secret warehouses hidden all across the country. And they're there to deal with bioterror attacks, whether it's anthrax, whether it's smallpox or anything else. And if there's an attack in Texas, in New York, in California, Idaho, anywhere in between, they will have within hours what they call a push package of antidotes right to your doorstep. And I'm like, you're telling me the government has secret warehouses all across the country, no one knows what's inside them. No one knows what they have inside. No one can go in them. You better believe I want to go in them, <laughs> right? I'm like, I want to go in that right now. So I, I thankfully, they, they took me in. Um, what you see when you're reading the lightning rod, you're turning the pages, you're trying to guess the mystery. The final section of the book takes place in the warehouses, the final scene of the book. And what you see in those warehouses, I did not make up. What you see in there is really there. And it's amazing. It's like it's like. Tell us, are you? Well, I'll tell you. You know, it's like a Costco for the end of the world. They're massive warehouses. I mean, they're like five Costcos. So instead of being like a you know in Costco or BJ's a giant jar of mayonnaise and Mm -hmm. you know bug box of cereal, there's obviously they have everything from um, you know things to deal with uh, radiation poisoning. They have iodine tablets. They have uh, everything you can imagine from amphetamines to. Uh, they have cobra venom. God knows what cobra venom does. Mm-hmm. Like you're you're going down these aisles. The one thing they all have in common, though, which I love, is they all have giant. The only thing that they all every warehouse has is a giant American flag. They make mm-hmm. it say. And and what's great about it is, this started. And you're going to love this little history lesson for it. Is that back when nuclear war was the great threat in the Cold mm-hmm. War, they decided to commission and figure out how we're going to keep the president alive. How do we make, if there's a nuclear war, how do we get them to live? And they, they create a secret commission called Operation High Point. And High Point is designed to figure, it's a be- beginning of the continuity of government. So they make Mount Weather and all these places where Dick Cheney went in 9-11 and mm-hmm. where, you know, just outside of D.C., it's where the senators go, it's where the 
president goes is where the top staff goes so the government can run. What they also commission in Michigan is Operation Low Point, and that's to discuss what happens to the rest of us. What happens if there's a nuclear war to everyone else in America? They make a whole plan. They study it. They say the mail carts are going to turn into hearses and carry bodies rather than letters. They have giant plans for everybody. And the one thing they finally realize, this is all true. <laughs> you think I'm making it up. I can see your wow. face. No, it's no, all no. true, I right? Know, it, I know it is you. All, well you can look it up. Time. Just Google it. And, um, and the thing that's so that is, incredible. Wait, we'd look under Operation Low Point? Operation Low Point, Operation High Point. You will see it. Um, and I, literally, you can see this all in the lightning rod. The whole history is in, is in the thriller because obviously I set it all up the, the warehouses. But one of the things that's really amazing to me is they study all of this. And you know what they finally figure out, Glenn? None of it's going to work. None of it's going to work. If there's a nuclear war, it doesn't mm. matter for you. That's why we still don't hide under our desks anymore. They were right. like, we're all going to die. That's what's right. going to happen. And it, and basically, it goes away. They kind of figure, like, we, we're not going to do this anymore. We do have Mount Weather still. We do have secret locations for the president. We mm. do have all those. But for the rest of us, we're in trouble. Until this one guy, Stephen Bice, in the 90s, a government employee, has an idea. And he says, you know, the threat today is not nuclear war. The threat today is bioterrorism. That's what we got to worry about. So we should probably have like a warehouse somewhere that houses all the stuff to deal with whatever comes out, whether it's hantavirus, whether it's anything you... And for the first time in like, I feel like in recent memory, the government listens to a good idea and, and says, we should do it. This Let's is do the it. most positive thing I've heard from uh -huh. our government. I bring some good for you today, right? Yeah, I bring a do, good idea from 40, you know, 30 years ago. Right. And in the 90s, they basically say... We should do that. And they do. And they build not just one, but many of these secret warehouses, and they pack them full of disaster materials. When anthrax hit after 9-11 in D.C. and in New York, I know you remember that, the mm -hmm. reason it didn't get out everywhere is because this is who dealt with it. They had push packages within hours to New York and D.C. My wife was working in the U.S. Capitol at the time. She was nine months pregnant with my son at the mm -hmm. time. And I remember they opened that first thing of anthrax powder and going, oh my God, my kid, my unborn child is there. My wife is there. And that's who dealt with it. It was what became the strategic national storehouse stockpile, which is now all over the country. So did you read um, this weekend about Switzerland? What happened in Switzerland? Switzerland has uh, fallout shelters. Oh, I did read this. That are going crazy. Every, yeah. Every citizen, they've had it for a long time. They almost stopped... Uh, requiring them by law after the wall fell. And they thought, you know what, let's just keep it. So every house that is built, every apartment building, every office building has um, has a fallout shelter in it, or you have to pay a part of your taxes to be part of the closest fallout shelter. Well, this, this uh, last week, they decided to activate all of those things again. And they said, go into your fallout shelter now and report on what you have because there are certain things that every citizen has to have in their fallout shelter and it's water and food and, and everything else and i thought i mean there's a country that has prepared and i'm, I'm actually glad to see we have no, we uh, that the great thing is is no one we have we actually for once now obviously in covid everyone's i'm sure thinking right now well, what happened in covid right i started researching the lightning rod as a book five years ago this all, all those, the warehouses at that point, they're just, it's an asterisk in the government. No one cares about it. So I, I go in, it's fine. They take me to the headquarters, the command center. I see where everything's taken care of. Then COVID hits. I call my sources. I'm like, is this you guys? They're like, this is us. So what happened, right? What happened is 
and it's so easy to Monday morning quarterback and say this, but from Trump to Obama to Bush, they've been warned for yeah. administration after administration. Listen, there could be, there's a likely chance that we could have this kind of natural virus occur like this. But everyone bet on the wrong thing. And and I hate to say it, but you know Trump doubled down on it. You can't know the future. No one can predict mm -hmm. what was going to happen. But they believed that the only thing that was going to attack us was a foreign government. So we were perfectly and still prepared for that. If there's anything like that, we're ready. They could have never prepared for anything like this. But this is where all the ventilators are. This is where all the masks are. This is where, that's where they were coming from at the beginning of the pandemic. No one knew what the name of it was. They just were appearing from the quote unquote government. But it was these secret warehouses that the government has stockpiled with stuff. So this is all about, I'm, I'm fascinated. You know me, I love your writing, and I always try to read books before you're, you're on. I just haven't had time to read it yet. So this is one of the secrets. One of the secrets. Of course, I bring more. So Okay, hang on just a second. Let me yes. take a quick break, and then we'll come back with secret number two, and then a surprise for Brad as well. Uh, Ralph Waldo Emerson once wrote, the desire for gold is not for gold. It's not for the love of much wheat and wool and household stuff. It is the means of freedom and benefit. Owning gold is not about, at least for me, it is not about owning luxuries. It's not about anything I have told you for a long time. I don't buy it as an investment, even though as an investment, it's been very good. Um, I buy it as a hedge against insanity. When the world goes insane, in the end, they always return to gold. Have you seen what China and Russia are doing? This weekend, China was talking about their new digital dollar, and it's backed in oil and going to be backed in commodities like wheat and gold. They just purchased, I think, 220,000 tons of gold. They're going to be backed in gold. When, when countries are starting to look and go, wait a minute, you're meaning the central bank can tell me that my money in the bank isn't worth anything. I think I better back my money on something else. That's what's happening all over the world. Why aren't you thinking that way this week with every graded $5 gold Indian purchased, you'll receive one of the unique silver mind your business bars at no cost. Call Goldline to find out why I buy the gold I buy and why I buy it this way. See it, if it's right for your family. It may not be right for your family. It is for mine, but you're smart enough to figure things out on your own. If you're already a client of Goldline, there's an additional bonus offer this week, but uh, you'll have to call them to find out. It's Goldline, 866-GOLDLINE, 866-GOLDLINE, or goldline.com. 10 seconds, station ID. The author of the book, The Lightning Rod. It is out today. It's a thriller by Brad Meltzer. The, I love your books because they always they always are accurate and things that I just never knew about. And usually about American history because you and I are brothers from another mother on that. Always, always. So listen, my love of this one, I do a lot of work with the USO. And I've been, the USO has asked me as a thriller writer to go and, and tell stories to our troops all around the world. I've been to Kuwait, Omar, Qatar, Qatar, Turkey, Cuba, you name it. I've been to military bases reading to our troops. And I'll tell you uh, that it was there I first heard and came on my radar, Dover Air Force Base. And you know Dover, even if you don't know the name of it, Dover is where when our service members die in service to the country, their they bodies come back. come back to Dover. And those coffins with the flag 
on top, that's where you see everyone saluting. That's Dover. And that's also where the president's plane is. Of course. And, and what's amazing about Dover is the morticians who work there will spend such care on our fallen troops. They'll spend 12 hours rewiring someone's jaw, smoothing it over with clay so a family can see their son one last time, mm-hmm. rebuilding someone's hand from scratch because a mother says, I want to hold my son's hand one last time. These are the best of the best of us working on the best of the best of us. That's the hero of the lightning rod, is a hero named Zig, who's a mortician at Dover. And that's where the body comes to. But what I love about Dover and the history lesson I have is this, is that when the space shuttle exploded, the astronauts' bodies were brought back to Dover. When 9-11 happened, all the Pentagon victims' bodies went to Dover. I didn't know. Wait, oh, yeah. I didn't know that. They astronaut- found bodies. They did find bodies that came back. I had no idea. It's incredible. And it's called mass fatalities. They all go to Dover. So even our all of our spies, our CIA spies all around the world, our 007s, their bodies go to Dover too, which means Dover's a place filled with secrets. So that's one of my heroes in the book. I'm like, oh, we're going into Dover and we're going to see what that's like. And then the other one, another history lesson for that I found that I was with the US military and they took me to a warehouse that is, it's right out of something you're gonna love because it's a warehouse filled with art. I'm like, why does the army have all this art? And they don't just have art painted by service members. That's where Adolf Hitler's art is. Mm. They took me to the room with all of Hitler's art that he painted. I'm like, why does the military have all this art in one place? Was he a good painter? Uh, he no, thought he was. He thought he was. <laughs> that's what I, yeah. I was going to say. Very, <laughs> very flat. The thing that is very flat, and the great part is, is you see a giant hole punched in his face because he puts himself up on a horse. Our service members, when they got, took we the art. We have that painting? We have the painting. I saw it myself. Oh, my god! And there was a punched hole in it where a service member just basically either kicked it or punched through it, and the hole they never repaired, which is beautiful. Wow. It's breathtaking. So I'm like, why does the military have all this art? They explained to me that since World War I, this is true, the U.S. military has had an actual painter on staff that paints disasters as they happen. So whether it's storming the beaches of Normandy, whether it's Vietnam, whether it's 9-11, they've got someone painting it as it happens. And I said, you're telling me everyone's racing in with guns blazing, and you've got someone racing in with paintbrushes in their pockets. That guy's crazy. I got to meet him. I want to meet him. Right. And they said, you mean her. You want to meet her. It was a woman was our current artist in residence. So that's the other hero of this book. Zig and Nola, a mortician at Dover, and this painter are the heroes. And they obviously are both based on the reality of me being able to pull apart this world that no one ever gets to see. Where does the painter sit? The painter sits actually where this warehouse is in Port Belvoir in Virginia. But where they really sit is wherever they want. They can go, they have unlimited access to go. If 9-11 happens, they want to paint 9-11, you go to 9-11. When, when uh, the 13 service members came back from Afghanistan, you want to go there, you How go there. How did they get selected? That's, you got to be a good painter. It's literally well, a contest. That. That's the thing is you literally submit your paintings and the military wow. says they pick one painter who is selected by the military to be our person. Uh, Amy Brown was the woman who it was. I named my character Nola Brown after her to honor mm. her. And they have a new one now. They keep going over and over through history. And, and the fun part is for me is, of course, finding out their secrets. So I went to the government and I said, how do you possibly? I went to my friend who works as a high-level security guy in one of the great security agencies. We used to work there. I said, how do I communicate with my friend Glenn when everyone's watching all our emails? How do we, any of us communicate when everyone can see what we write? And he said to me, listen, the moment you hit send on your email, 
I don't care if you use Signal. I don't care if you use WhatsApp. Anyone who wants a crack will find a way to crack mm -hmm. it. He said, here's what you're going to do. Here's the trick, Brad. He said, and I put this in the lightning rod. He says, you take a Hotmail account. You open the account. You write an email. Do not hit send. What you're going to do is hit save draft. Yep. Now I give Glenn the sign into my email. You come in my email. You open up the save draft. You write back whatever you want. You don't hit send. You hit save draft. Now you and I are having a secret conversation. We've never yep. put a thing into cyberspace, which is a great idea until, yep. until General Petraeus, the former head mm -hmm. of the CIA, used that trick that's in my book, The Lightning Rod, <laughs> to cheat on his wife with his mistress. And I said to my buddy, I said, oh my gosh. I need a new trick. He just used the trick you gave me. I got to get a new trick. So he, the, what he gave me in the book you'll see something called Black House. Now, here's the, here's the hist history that you're going to love. We all know the White House, of course, is the White House, 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. When Richard Nixon famously recorded himself and his staff without telling anybody, every staffer in the White House realized, oh my gosh, all of our stuff could be recorded. So what do they start doing? They all start figuring out where can we have a private conversation in this place if everything's being recorded. That's not called White House, that's called Black House. And Black House moves generation by generation. Okay, it is just you. a code name that someone gave me, right? And it's basically George Stephanopoulos supposedly did it during the Clinton era in a gym. Dick Cheney, maybe he sat in his you know homemade man size safe and had kind of God knows where he did his. But every they, there's always a place in the White House where all the staff knows this is where we can sit and have a private conversation. You will see in this book what Black House really is and the trick he gave me. I did not make up. It's an incredible one from the government. You'll see it in the lightning rod. Mm. I mean, if you don't want to read this book now, you're dead. You're dead. You're <laughs> no, dead. No, listen, James Patterson said, you can see the, the things on the back. James Patterson said that it was my his favorite book by Brad Meltzer so far. And the guy who created Reacher said that Nola Brown, our hero, like was like the girl with the dragon tattoo, one of the best modern creations in fiction. Mm. It took those two things. I tell you that simply for one reason. I finally impressed my wife. She does not, she doesn't care about anything I write, but my gosh, the fact that James Patterson loved the lightning rod, that- I'm that, waiting for that moment with my it. wife. I am waiting for that moment. She finally was like, finally, Brad, you did some good. Yeah. All right, back with Brad Meltzer. I have a surprise for him on history when we come back. Glenn Back Program. American Financing NMLS 182334 www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org Let me tell you a little bit about American Financing. I really would like you to uh, give some thought to your interest rates. They're going up higher this week. The Fed is meeting about it this week. It's a pretty good bet that that's going to happen. If you haven't taken the time to assess the financial future for yourself and your family lately, it is time to do so and do it quickly been telling you about American financing for a long time, and I've been telling you that rates are going to go up. Well, this is the week that if they don't go up, there's going to be all kinds of other problems and issues. Um, the mortgage consultants at American Financing can do a free mortgage review for you, let you know what the options are, let you know, you know how much money you can save. If you want to just um, uh, lock in your mortgage, pay a lower rate for your mortgage, more importantly, I think, get out of those high-interest credit cards and do a consolidation loan. They can help you. You can even skip up to two mortgage payments and close in as little as 10 days. It's AmericanFinancing.net. 
Call them right now, 800-906-2440, AmericanFinancing.net. And BlazeTV.com slash Glenn. The promo code is Glenn to save 10 bucks off your subscription to Blaze TV. More with Brad Meltzer next. This is the Glenn Beck Program. We're with Brad Meltzer. He is a new fiction book out that is sounds tremendous, The Lightning Rod. Uh, and uh, he's also the author of children's books. He's been in signing children's books for Stu's children. Yes, we put him to work. Yeah, mm-hmm. because Stu's children have all of the, the whole collection, and they're huge fans. And you told them something can you talk about it? I can there? talk about it. Let's talk yeah. about it for sure. So, uh, so you know, I launched these books on your show. Right. right? We did it. Right. I wanted my kids to have better heroes to look up to. Mm-hmm. I was tired of the garbage that they're being fed on Instagram and online mm-hmm. every day. And I, I said, we did, I am Amelia Earhart. I am Abraham Lincoln. I am Rosa Parks, Albert Einstein. I said, my son loves sports. I'm like, forget a millionaire athlete. Meet this one. I wrote, I am Jackie Robinson for him. Yeah. My son who loves Legos. We did, uh, and creativity, I did, I am Walt Disney. I am Jim Henson, and my daughter loves our dog. I said, okay, fine, I'm gonna teach you what you can do with a love of science. Here's I am Jane Goodall. It's one of our number one selling books. So we've done, the newest ones are I am Muhammad Ali to teach mm. our kids. So always the moral lesson is always on the back of the book. So on the back of I am Malala Yousafzai, it says, I, w- I know that education we can all soar. On the back of I am Muhammad Ali, it says, I, I will always fight for what I believe. I want my son's to have that lesson. I want my daughter to have that lesson. Always fight for what you believe. It's a beautiful mm-hmm. lesson. And I found out a few months back that our books, I Am Rosa Parks and I Am Martin Luther King Jr. had gotten banned in York, Pennsylvania, in York County, Pennsylvania. It had nothing to do with the content of the books at all. They were 200 books that were considered really good for talking to kids about race. Mm-hmm. And we were, of course, on it, which was really sweet. And the school board said, listen, we want to read these books before we give them the kids, which is a good idea. You should read the mm-hmm. books before you give them the kids. What the school board, the fast one that they pulled was, is they said, we're freezing these books until we read them. A year went by, they still hadn't read them. Mm. So our books, a Sesame Street book about race, Malala's book, a book about hidden figures, the women who helped in NASA, huh. all of these wonderful books got banned. So I get a call from my friends at Fox News, I get a call from CNN, I get a call from MSNBC, all of them going, this is ridiculous, you gotta come on, this is absurd. When CNN and Fox News and MSNBC agree, <laughs> yeah, you, know, you know there's something yeah. right. Yeah, there's something. So I go to the school board meeting and I read my favorite line from I Am Rosa Parks, which your kids just brought in to me to sign yeah. their mm-hmm. copy. It's their favorite book. Yeah. It's yeah. Their, they said it was their favorite book, which shows what a man you are. Incredible. You and your wife are doing an incredible job. Yeah, and I read Stu. this line. It's Lisa, really it's all Lisa. Yeah, no, maybe not Stu, but <laughs> yeah. his yeah. wife, clearly. And, uh, and I read this line, my favorite line from I Am Rosa Parks to the school board, to their faces. It says, I am not a famous business person. I am not a famous politician. I'm just an ordinary person. But I'm also proof there's no such thing as an ordinary person. Mm. And I said, I just want you to know that's what you're denying these kids here. And I thought I'd save the day. And then all these kids start speaking about the books. These are the best books. How could dare you ban them? We want them back in our schools. Mm. And the teachers start talking about them. The parents start talking about them. I realize I don't even need to be there. By the time we're done, the school board apologizes and undoes the ban. And obviously Mm. the books are now there. We got 5,000 copies uh, of books that were on that ban list donated to the school board to the area there are only 5,000 kids in the school district now I am Rosa Parks is being taught there in the school they have so many copies mm. 
But I looked through history, Glenn, and I was like, why are we suddenly in 2022 still fighting book bans? Yeah. Right? And I, I look back through history to find what's the first book that was banned by our country as a whole. And you know what it was? It was, historians tend to agree, it's Harriet Beecher Stowe's classic Uncle Tom's Cabin. Mm-hmm. Why was it banned, right? It's banned because slave owners at the time did not want the idea that slavery was bad to be out in the culture. Mm-hmm. They Slave owners didn't want any abolitionist ideas out in the culture. They were like, they're gonna indoctrinate our children. And that word is what we're seeing right now used over and over yep. again. They're gonna indoctrinate our children. And, and, and what's interesting, especially with that Rosa Parks book, none of us want our children indoctrinated. And if you ask Americans, you want them to indoctrinate your children? 90% of people say, of course not. No one would want, whatever politics you're, you're side you're on, no one would want that. If you ask people, do you want us to have a, a sensitive, age-appropriate conversation about race so we could get along better as a culture? 90% of Americans will say, of course. And I just caution everyone out there, don't take the bait and the fear-mongering, and instead actually say, what are we doing here with these books? What do, why are we, why do we have books about Rosa Parks and Dr. King out there? What do they serve our kids? And to me, if you're cheering while books are being pulled from the library, you're on the wrong side of history. Hmm. It will, you will always be revealed whether it was banning Shakespeare, whether it was banning uh, Huckleberry Finn, whether it's banning you know Alice in Wonderland, or the I Am series, the Ordinary People Change the World series. You will you will eventually be revealed for what you are. And I just I am thankful that cooler heads prevailed and I am Rosa yeah. Parks and I am Martin Luther King Jr. are now back in the curriculum. So in each of these books, why do you put Superman in? I put Superman in for one reason. You know, the, the, the series is called The Ordinary People Change the World series. And yeah. I, I love Superman. You love Superman. We obviously, you helped me save the house where Superman was created. But I put Superman in because the most important part of the story is not Superman to me. The most important part of the story is Clark Kent. Why? Because we're all Clark Kent. We all know what it's like to be boring mm-hmm. and ordinary and wish we could do something beyond ourselves. And that's the lesson of these books is we never talk, the books are never about when you're famous. It's always when they're kids. So you see what Abraham Lincoln's like as a boy. You see, and I am George Washington, what George Washington was like as a boy. And you, of course, you see him become president. And I am Muhammad Ali in the new one. There's a scene when Muhammad Ali is a little boy. He goes to a restaurant in his neighborhood and he wants to be served. They say, you can't be served here because you're black. And he starts crying. He's devastated as a little boy. Mm -hmm. And then he wins the gold medal for the Olympics as a young man. He's like, I just won for the United States of America. I won the gold medal in boxing. He goes back, he's so excited that he goes back to the same restaurant that once served me. He says, now they'll certainly serve me. He wears the gold medal into the restaurant to go be served again. And says that when they see this medal around my neck, they're gonna serve me. And he sits down in the booth and he says, he orders a cheeseburger and a milkshake. And they say, we're still not serving you. And he takes the medal off and he says, this medal is worthless to me unless we're all treated equally. And that's not the bad part of America. It's the best part of America. Yes. That you can protest and you can yes. try and change things and try and get equality. And I know, you know, I love your love of civil rights and how you fought for it all these years. Um, and what I love is that you get to the back of that book and there's that lesson again, mm-hmm. right? That lesson of fight for what you believe. And I love the fact, you know, we picked the Muslim hero purposely because we were like, we want to set the record right. straight. We want to make sure that instead of spreading hate in this world, that we spread some love. And I love that our books have been used to kind of fight back against the cynicism, that people use our books to build libraries of real heroes for their kids, their grandkids, their nieces, their nephews. So you have you have given me and the audience a great deal uh, of thrills in our life, uh, either by reading your books or the stories that you tell and the things that you've allowed us. I mean, 
you allowed me to help with Superman's house. I mean, that is just the coolest thing ever. I told my son that, you know, hey, we, we helped save that. And he's, wait, what? <laughs> I mean, it's really, it's really cool. You said to me at one point, I'd give anything if I could just once wear Superman's cape. No, you don't have it. <laughs> wait. Oh, we're going to have to have a conversation. Is this the one that was just sold? Yes. It's it's the Christopher Reeve Superman's cape. Is this from Superman 3? You just bought this? I just bought this. Yeah. You know who bid against you for it? You. You're looking at him. <laughs> I was bidding against you on uh, that cape, I'm on so that outfit. Sorry. Oh, I love you <laughs> yeah. for it. This is even better because I didn't yeah. have to pay for it and I got <laughs> to see it. Can you take the cape off? Uh, he, I mean, you have to be able to wear Superman's cape. I mean, cape. you... I literally bid on that. I can show you the bids. I was going against one person. We should have called each other. We would have saved each other so, so much, much money. money. Yeah, I know. We were I'm killing like, each other. Who is this guy that just keeps wrecking it That's up? That's me. It was me. Unbelievable. It was one person. And I could one see of the it. reasons why I was so dead this set to get it was so I could <laughs> I could let you wear Superman's cape. You and I are bidding this up if we just had a phone call to each other. We could have saved ourselves so much money. Okay. I, this is spectacular. This let, is the best day ever. Let me take let me take a break. We'll get the uh, cape off of his outfit and then Brad Meltzer can wear Superman's cape. <laughs> a dream of yours forever. Ever. A very a very expensive dream, apparently, for you. <laughs> Unfortunately, because of him. Uh, criminals, uh, criminals are crafty, and sometimes they use unconventional offline means to accomplish their goals. They're even, uh, you know, they're, they're not above doing anything. They'll steal your mail. They'll, you know, take your personal information. They'll take all of the stuff from the IRS. Having LifeLock protecting you at all times, that's where your personal information is safe or safer nobody can protect everything but lifelock will take this big concern uh out of your out of your way i mean there's so many things you have to worry about i don't even know how to fix it if something happens i I don't know how long i would go before i would even detect something was wrong don't worry about it let them do it they're the professionals and if something does happen uh to your personal information they have a whole team to work to fix it and clean it all up with you it's lifelock save up to 25 percent off your first year with the promo code back call 1-800-LIFELOCK or head to lifelock.com use the promo code back save 25 percent now it's lifelock.com promo code back stay informed sign up for the free newsletter today at glennbeck.com You have no idea how much this special moment has cost. <laughs> we are, we're with Brad Meltzer, and uh, apparently he was bidding on Superman's cape as I was bidding on Superman's cape. Uh, and this is bring it over to bring it over to Brad so he can I see it. I can see it. I, ha- so, I know it says inside is the embroidered. It yeah, says exactly Christopher what it Reeve. Uh, it is true. There oh, it is. I'm and you have, you have always said to me, okay. oh, I just would love to wear Superman's cape. I'm, I'm, turn I'm it the other way. This whole yeah. moment. You got, I was going to say, can you, you stand up? Around. I'm ready. Yeah, I'm yeah, ready. Stand up, yeah. Okay. Okay. He was a little taller than you. I, oh, it might be a slight bit. I met his daughter. His daughter and I did an event together. Really? So send this to Christopher Reeve's daughter. Okay. Oh yeah. I don't want to. 
I, I, first, <laughs> I, I have to tell you what's physically happening to my body right now because it's just, you know those moments when you just say, I'm having a permanent memory? Yeah. I'm having a permanent memory here. This is, this is Christopher Reeve's actual cape. That the great part is, is I never, uh, the chills, if you could see them in my body, and here's the price tag that says, Glenn got screwed. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> it doesn't look as good with a suit. I was going to say, it. I don't think it matches, but this is going to be, this is the dream. I mean, look at that. I mean, look at that. I, okay, wait, this is where I have to take my own camera. I, Here, give it to me. I'll, do you want Here, me to take, take a picture? We'll take it after. We'll take it All after, right, but okay. I need to say this. Thank you for this moment. Thank you also for paying for this moment. <laughs> my wife is so much happier that you paid for this moment than, than that I paid for this moment. Because you know what? I'm going to have a house now. And so <laughs> I know you. I literally know you. This is, I don't know if I told you this. This is my 25th year as a thriller writer. Mm. I know you 25 years. This And we've had some ridiculous adventures together yeah. from CNN to Fox yeah. to here to everything in between. And I always think like I'm gonna I'm gonna give you something good. You win. You win. You win. <laughs> I thought I was gonna come in. You're gonna be like I'll do a solid. We're gonna sell copies of the Lightning Rod. You win. Yeah. The Thank museum has wanted Superman's outfit and cape for a long time because we're preserving culture, and this is such a huge piece. But when I saw it, all I thought of was right now. This is all. You know what I'm gonna help you get? I'm gonna help you get a belt. Because I know guys who do the belt stuff, and I can I'm going to connect you. Really? Oh yeah. Do they have a real belt? I don't, or are they yeah, remake? They'll, they'll the belt? remake a belt for you. Yeah. But they'll get you a proper. These guys are like down to the stitching of the S. They know how. To it's crazy, it. it's isn't crazy. It? it? And you know the thing about this, the thing about the Christopher Reeve outfits, is that there aren't that many. You'd think there would be a lot of them, but there mm -hmm. aren't that many. I actually know uh, my friend Mark Miller owns one of the capes from Superman One. And there's just not that many of them that are out there anymore. Um, so when I saw this one, I mean, every auction place knows if a Superman cape comes in, just call oh, Brad. <laughs> and they know. And when it came in, I got the call. And uh, and again, I'm so glad it was you. I The other one that was for sale was the the original Superman. Yep. Uh, what was his name? Yeah, Kirk. Uh, Kirk? Uh, 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 George Reeves. Sorry, George Reeves, and yeah. then there's Kirk Allen. Sorry. So, but it's black and white. It it's, was weird because it was because they from filmed television. It, they filmed in black and white. And right. To make it crisper, they used to make they used to is it's gray. And and I looked at it, and you and I off the air, just so we can say it again, we were talking about it, and both of us had the same reaction, which is it went for double the money. But both of us were like. It's eh. not as cool as the real one. Yeah. Like we want to see. The, I mean, that be, is the real it one. It is the real one, but but, it's, but I want to see blue and red and yellow. If yeah. you don't have a red and yellow S, it's not really yeah. a Superman-y. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, and, and it had a little tear in it. So, I, you know, I was, the whole thing, I remember <laughs> thinking at the time. <laughs> look at him. Does he, he look like a supervillain? By super the way, villain? I just love them doing the <laughs> yeah, rest I mean, of this. First of all, I look like Lex Luthor, right? <laughs> you look like so a supervillain so in a suit with a cape. I just love that I'm doing the rest of this interview wearing Superman's cape. Yeah, it, it, yeah. This can't be the more surreal day yeah. of my life. That, I mean, you, you can't make this up. Yeah. Well, Brad, it is always good to see you. Thank this is you. beyond good. Yeah, thank you so much for everything. The name of his book is The Lightning Rod, a Ziganola novel. Um, it is. I have not read it yet. I read every one of his books. I think he is... Tremendous because you you tell history all the way through it and you learn stuff. I mean, I just reading your books is like the end scene of Indiana Jones, the first movie. 
That's the warehouse I was in when I was researching the book. I found the real one that the government has. That's where they have Hitler's paintings and all the stuff. They call it, they literally call it the Indiana Jones warehouse in the government. Shut up. I'm not joking. It's not the, they, they, that's what they physically call the room where they have it. Because it's, it's How big giant, is it? It's massive. It's and massive. is it all stacked in boxes like it's, that? It's, it's tons of crates with all the art and all, there's actually also weaponry. They have a lot of World War II uh, guns and, and uniforms. And Why do they have all of this stuff? Because uh, they want to, it, it, they're on Fort Belvoir in Virginia, there is a museum that's there to preserve American history. And that's where the government's actually doing it. They're taking all of their good stuff and they took the art and that's where the artist in residence is based. So when I was researching the lightning rod, I was like, Wait a minute. So I'm like Indiana Jones right now, right? I was like looking for giant boulders to come chasing behind me. That is so but wild. It was, but, but I based that on the real thing. And I love that people get to read the murder and the mystery and figure out the ending. But for me, the fun is when you're turning those pages and yeah. you're learning something. Yeah. That's the best it's part. So great. Brad Meltzer, The Lightning Rod, available everywhere. As always, Brad, thank you so much. We will uh, see you tomorrow on the radio. God bless.